Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and I'll be your co-host for the day, but a co-host needs a secondary host, which is in fact my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. I know it's a twist, but how's it going, bro? Wow, that was a mouthful, bro, but it is going great. It is going absolutely great. Wonderful. Now we are recording this episode of the Bash Bros Podcast on Tuesday before Mythic Championship 7. I have to fly out tomorrow. And while the deck lists come out tomorrow, I thought today we can take a look under the hood of our preparation process for the Mythic Championship. Now, I tested with Seth Manfield, Javier Dominguez, and this other guy. Yeah, yeah, um, some other dude, right? Some, some other scrub. dude. And even though we don't have deck lists currently yet, and everyone will have access to them now, uh, once they start listening to this, uh, I thought it would be cool to... Um, you know, just get through our process that's not tainted with actual perfect information. Now, before we get this episode started, though, bro, I got to say to all the listeners out there that you can, in fact, listen to this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Where now, can we view it, though? That's no, where I'm but we, we, we will be getting to that, actually. I, oh. I, I, I have a correction to make. But before we do that, we okay. must introduce our special guest. Now, Ooh. our special guest this week is here because... Mm. Look, um... I, I don't actually know why our special guest is here this week. Yeah, what what random reason did we have? I, I don't see anything I, written down. There's no good reason why this person is on the podcast, but I guess we'll ah, introduce screw them. it. Just, just say are, it. Yeah, since they're taking the time to be here, let's just introduce the other person that's going to be here, Brian Brown doing. Brian, how's it going? You know what? It's, it's, it's going great. Uh, honored to be <laughs> special guest. And you know what? They, they always say... Yeah, maybe there's no good reason for me to be the special guest this week. But name one good reason why I shouldn't be the special guest this week. Just one. <laughs> why? You uh, only need skill, one? commitment, talent, hair. I said one. I said <laughs> oh, name <sorry>. one. <laughs> I failed by naming like ten. <laughs> Can't count. We'll add that to the list since that was only four. Uh, it was leading towards ten. but You're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> well, well, Brian, we, we have to say... That you're here. Yeah. And and since you're here, you're going to be uh, helping us with our topics for this week. Now, the topics that we have so, for this episode. Sorry to, to have you, sorry Brian. Sorry to interrupt, but I didn't, I didn't realize I was part of your family. Uh, you are not. You are a distant relative at best. Oh, your bash I, cousin. I thought, I thought when you're here, you're family. Is this not the Olive no, Garden podcast? No, this, this is not the Olive Garden. No. <laughs> okay, all right, never mind. But just uh, like they have unlimited soup and salads, we have unlimited bad jokes no one laughs at. Yeah. Wow, BVD, you've been playing too many food decks, haven't you? You got Olive Garden on the brain. Yep. <laughs> and there is, a, there is your, first, your first course of unlaughable jokes. <laughs> That's right. I did order the Gilded Goose for my dish, though. Oh, did Ooh, you? Fancy. All yeah. right. So let's 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 focus up because we got a. Uh, I need a, I need to set a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Track for for this episode because we've got we've got. Uh, I can't even think of the right word. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> we have we have some uh, great topics for this episode. We're going to talk about the Pioneer bands that came out this Monday. Yep. Uh, which. I believe were decided at an Olive Garden. At least that's the running joke. Or the Renton Applebee's. Yep, the Renton Applebee's. That that is a good one too. I do love Club <laughs> Club D's. Wow, they really uh, what is it? Phoned it in. They really microwaved it in on those bands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took place at an Applebee's. All right. Yeah. All right. So Pioneer bands. The what we predict the MC Seven metagame is, and also what we're playing now, Brian. That's why you're here. You're also a competitor in the Mythic Championship Seven, Brian. 
I am. Yes, for that is amazing. For at least four rounds. Who'd you test with? Uh, I tested with three schlubs. Oh, interesting. Yes, yeah. Interesting. You probably should have tested with players in the event instead of just some schlubs off the street, man. Uh, yeah, probably should have. You're right. <laughs> All right, but before we get into our actual topics, we're going to be doing something that we've never done on the Bachelor podcast. Oh, we yeah. have to. We have to make a couple corrections from last week's episode. Yeah, now, that's one thing we've never done is correct ourselves. With- <laughs> no, because we've never had to. Everything oh, that true. we have said on on the podcast for the last 11, 12 months now has just been factually correct. Yeah, 100%. I mean, everything yeah. I say I think is 100% well-received. It's it's all good. Yeah, no, we have never faltered once. I don't think we've so. Just, we've been perfect. Maybe our special guest sometimes, but you until know, last that, week that is. Yeah, until last week. Yeah. Last week we did screw something up, and we, we do need to take the time to correct it. So with my deepest and sincerest apologies to all of our listeners, the Bachelor's podcast is actually just audio only. Now, we did believe that it was video and we had viewers. I think I remember Corey even talking about all of our wonderful viewers. I honestly have been watching the podcast. I don't know what I've been watching. Yeah, yeah. weird because I, I don't listen to the podcast. I only watch it. Yeah. So I, I yeah. spent about two hours every week uh, watching the podcast with no audio. And, and had I known, you know. And, and maybe you would have liked it more. Yeah, no, I'm surprised you kept coming back. I think I would have liked it. <laughs> you probably would have liked it. <laughs> I think I would have liked it far less, but but yeah, we have to apologize. We said that there were viewers and that that you could view this podcast, but it's in fact audio only. I don't yep. know why I keep getting ready every single time for the episodes. It's been a lot of wasted time. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, yeah. So sorry about that to all our listeners only. Our mistake. Yeah, so, but it's kind of free now that we know it's audio only. I haven't showered today. I'm naked right now. Yeah, it's it's such a freeing experience. <laughs> I'm lathered in oil. <laughs> so just a normal day, right, BBD? Perfect. Yeah, same but as always. <laughs> that's not the only correction we have from one episode. Ah, now, we shit. had two problems with last week's episode. Okay. Corey said Europe sucked. Oh. And yeah. that's, in fact, not accurate. Europe is actually a great and wonderful place. We would hate to alienate all of our viewer listeners from Europe. Listeners, yes, yeah. listeners. Uh, listeners from Europe by saying something as brash and undocumented as Europe sucks. Because clearly yeah, Europe is awesome. Everyone from Europe is great. It's a fine place. They have cities and roads. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes ice in the water. Sometimes, have, sometimes internet. Sometimes they yeah. actually get the longest road. Ooh, yeah! I don't even get that reference. The yellow well, brick road is two extra points. Oh. Um, is that the Audubon? That's the fastest road. Oh, what's the longest road? Now I just want to know. I, I I don't I don't know, but it, it's I know it's worth two victory points. That's all I know. It's probably Williamson in Roanoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Uh, also, Pioneer and Modern and all the decks in them are also great too. Except for blue eye control. Yes, blue eye control mm, sucks. Right. That, I just want to let's not issue a correction that we later have to issue a future correction for and try to say that blue eye control is <laughs> doesn't and suck. And I do gotta say all the field of deck <clears throat> or field of the dead decks are not that good in Pioneer, so maybe we need to reevaluate that as well. Yeah. That is very well, true. Yeah. They used to be great in Pioneer, but now they're not very good. Exactly. Yeah. They're a little bit worse without the car. Yeah. Yeah. So so that is our first topic. We're going to be getting into Pioneer. Now, every Monday, they bring out bands 
to this format that I barely pay attention to <laughs> because I am an arena bro and I have to play arena type formats like standard and standard and standard and standard. Sure. And, uh, and, but every Monday I, I get to see on, on the Twitterverse, a lot of people talking about this format. Uh, I did play it once. It was fun. I got to play hardened scales and winding constrictor in the same deck. That was fun. I went seven, one. I have a pretty good win percentage lifetime in this format. So yeah. I feel like I am a perfect, uh, you know, person to discuss all, everything about this format. I feel you're like an I expert. You're an I expert. played eight matches of it. I and actually, let me tell I, you, guy. I'm oh. gonna jump the gun here. I'm gonna okay. issue a correction for this episode before <laughs> next week. Brad is in fact not an arena boy. Please don't sue us, Riley Knight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Good call. We do not. We don't need the... a cease. What is it? Cease and desist. Yeah. We we do not have the funds to survive getting sued a third time. Please. Please. <laughs> Especially from Europe because they're you know, the Euro is 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 really strong right now. That's right. That it's is true. right. And That's our true. wills and also the US dollar not as strong as they used to be. So. No, no, we would we would get crushed. Also, they've got that Mythian Championship money too now. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Topher's money, they, they can afford a very mediocre lawyer right now, and we can't afford even that. So <laughs> yeah, we, All we have is John. He's our editor and also our lawyer. <laughs> yeah, He, he is not counsel. certified, though, he so we really need the, some help. He did lose the last two cases against us, but we got third time's a charm, so. <laughs> yes, we're holding on hope. Okay, so yeah. Pioneer had, had uh, a few weeks of no bans, uh, if, I, if I'm correct. One. Uh, one week? One, well, no, no, it was two. It, it was two. two. They yeah, didn't ban two. anything, yeah. and then they announced they were not going to ban anything the next week because of how many PTQs, stuff like that, uh, they had on the coming weeks. Yep, and then they gave us the big old whammy. Whammy! They banned three cards this last week. Once upon a time from Throne of Eldraine, Smuggler's Copter from, uh, I believe, Ixalan? No, 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 no. Kaladesh? Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah. And then Field of the Dead from 2019. Yeah. Um, or was it 2020? Philadelphia was 2020. 2020. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. in 2019 because 2020, no, in 2020. Hasn't, 2020. 2020 hasn't occurred yet, guys. It's only 2019 right oh, now. It was so. printed in 2019. Yes. Yes. Corey is correct. Okay. Good. Uh, oh, no. But we're also correct, Brad. <laughs> yes, we, we're a, all correct. There's a reprint coming from 2020. <laughs> They're, oh, nice. They're, they're pretty oh. Dead. Yeah. oh, God, that would be so stupid. <laughs> they're currently looking at the card file for M21, and they're like, oh, oh, Lord. Once upon a time and Field of the Dead are both in here. That's, that's a really good, that's a question. Do you think they unbanned Bitter Blossom from Modern because they already had the sweet artwork for their uh, mystery boxes or whatever they're called? Didn't they unban Bitter Blossom like 14 years ago? Well, but maybe that art's been sitting around. For 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who yeah. knows? Can I, just, man. can I just say one thing about no, the Monday Pioneer Band? No, you can't. Okay, I mean, that's cool. what we're here for, Corey. You don't have to just say one thing. We're here to talk about as many things as you okay. like about them. But my yeah. favorite thing, y'all, as a content creator who both does my weekly article on Pioneer and versus Live, I just love waiting till 6 p.m. till I can do any of my work. It is so cool. That tough is pretty life, cool. Bro. It's, tough, pretty, tough life. it's pretty fun. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly to Renton to become a server at Applebee's, so I can give better service to them. So therefore, they can work faster. So I can then fly back home and get my content started a little bit earlier. I feel like your struggles are real. 
Real, real. <laughs> Let me tell you. I feel like these are the kind of struggles that what I would associate with a second world or a third world. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah Definitely okay. not the first world. Definitely not. No. no it no. sucks to have my running water, food, and to know where my next paycheck is coming on Mondays when I have to wait around till six with all the entertainment in the world to finally start working. Well, you didn't let me finish. My house is also out of power. I don't have running water in here and I'm now living on the street in a, in a dumpster behind your local Chipotle. So there's the first world problem. Well, that's their problem, dude. Don't live behind the Chipotle. Chipotle. Well, I don't live behind a gas just... station. Oh. Also, Richmond oh. is the place to go. But... <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I, come on, Corey. Get this stuff right, or we're going to have to, instead of just of having a segment about corrections, we're just going to have to be correcting for the entire podcast. Honestly, I think if we went back and corrected every episode that we've ever made, I think we could make a full hour and a half of corrections of BS stuff that we've said. I would take the over. All right. I want to, I want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in all seriousness, I want to say that each time, each and every time they ban a card in Pioneer, it's one step closer to Obsidat being playable, which is all <laughs> I care about. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I look at this and I'm like, all right, my Obsidian decks can't beat Once Upon a Time decks, they can't beat Smuggler's Copter decks, and they can't beat Field of the Dead decks. So banning all three cards? Hell yeah! They also the can't mix. beat Green decks, they can't beat Blue decks, they can't beat Red decks. Back in the you fucking know, mix with Obsidat, baby! Hell yeah! Here's gonna be the whammy. They're finally gonna ban enough stuff where Obsidat is gonna be playable, and then they're just gonna be like, and we're gonna preemptively ban Obsidat because it's gonna be too oppressive now that everything else is banned. But but I do think that the, these bans do make uh, like kind of more mid range and or control decks like more viable than they were before. Um, yeah. Where you know Pioneer is like the last like what eight years of sets or seven years of sets or something where they just decided that they would stop printing good answers for cards and they would only print obscene threats. So it makes sense that decks that are trying to play answers are not going to be very good. And yeah. So now that now they're just been banning all the best threats, and they'll cont- probably continue to do that, to do that in the foreseeable Look, future. So, so, so I have yeah. a lot of things I want to actually talk about on here, okay. and hopefully, hopefully, you know, John edits and deletes out you know half of everything we've said because this is a long, a lot of bullshit to get to actual content for this episode. I mean, I love it, and I think yeah. you guys love it. Oh yeah, but, but what I want to say is it's kind of like a, a two pronged thing. Uh, you brought up the the Obzadot thing, like banning until Obzadot's good. What what we're actually doing is we're making bans until energy is good. That's the next stopgap, in my opinion. I think like the energy stuff is going to be something that bans happen until energy is just disgusting again, and then they'll have to ban something from that or Oko and or both. You know, I mean, a, a team or energy deck with Oko. You know, I mean that that's something that's kind of the next step of things I want to just try personally. But, I mean, you know, with, with Field of the Dead gone, we saw it in Standard, right? Like, Oko just kind of took over. Now, I think there are a lot more tools in Pioneer um, to deal with Oko, and there's plenty of, you know, examples why Oko has not taken over quite yet. Um, but, you know, I mean, the card's getting slowly better and better until maybe we get to that point. I mean, I think the reason Oko has, hasn't taken over is because people don't, don't, don't own them, like, or can't afford them or whatever. Like, I, I honestly think that... I think that Oko is as disgusting in Pioneer as it is everywhere else. And I, I'm with Brad. Like, Teamer Energy, um, Glory Bringer is already like a really, really good card in Pioneer. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, team. I, 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 I like. You have a deck that can play Oko and Glorybringer. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Teamer Energy isn't already like a tier one deck. But. Well, you guys, well, you know what that means, right? We're back. We're back, we boys. Are back. <laughs> Let's go. Let's one, two, three a GP again. Yeah. When's the next uh, Denver GP? We can relive <laughs> yeah. our glory days. Oh. <laughs> nice, nice. So, but so now of these three bands, Once Upon a Time gives green decks consistency. I understand that it's very good. I, I, I'm not. <clears throat> I don't know how much I think Once Upon a Time deserves to be banned compared to the elves, but it makes more sense to just, they're going to say, hey, let's ban Once Upon a Time, let the eight elves live for a little bit and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's more of a problem than Once Upon a Time is. I'm in favor of uh, Once Upon a Time being banned because it should never have been printed because it's just egregiously bad. Continue. I'm with that too. And honestly, yeah. um, when, when me and, uh, uh, when Ross and I were looking over lists. Ha! It's happening, Brian. It's happening. What? You correct yourself on 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 me and Ross. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, yeah. I mean, we're talking about these corrections. I don't want to get. I don't want to be a part of the correction corner for next episode. Okay, Perfect. I want to view next episode and just be happy <laughs> about it. Okay, <laughs> but we were looking over lists um, from the PTQs, and if you guys don't know this, you know they ran like you know nine PTQs in a row on Moto or whatever. I believe I did see that from my ivory tower. I got a glimpse of it a few times. Yeah, and I mean all it said to me is, "Hey, we're going to make bannings. I we want a lot of data." You know, like and it, it makes total sense they get they that's what they got. And I was looking down the list of from PTQ to PTQ and I'm like, "It shouldn't be that hard to find lists that don't contain these three cards." And that's not true. It was absurd how many of the decks contain one or multiple or you know one of these cards or multiple of these cards in the top 32 of each of these ptqs so it's going to be really nice to see where these decks go from here yeah so so one of the things we talked about a lot back during um kaladesh block which was we all remember it as energy but like the heart of kaladesh block was artifacts and um we talked a lot about this back then in our content i don't know if we talked about it on the bash Rose podcast yet but Smuggler's Copter is one of the most egregious cards that I've seen printed in a long time, uh, before 2019, at least. And the reason why, and I'm very anti-artifact, um, pushed artifacts, because they can get slotted into whatever's the best deck. Like, yeah. and, and the example I used to use was like, Gideon Ally of Zendikar is one of the most stupid magic cards I've ever seen. But because it's white, and white is a bad color, white is the worst color, um, it, it never really pushed the color over the edge. And while, you know, it was one of the best decks in the format, it didn't break it like Oko because when blue and green are the best color combination in a format, it, it, it annihilates everything. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's where I'm getting at. But with a card like Smuggler's Copter, it costs two mana. Most tr- like traditional removal spells can't answer it. These are all the benefits of Smuggler's Copter, but the biggest benefit is that it's colorless. So whatever color or color combination finds the best home for it, that is just the best deck. And um, I, I, that doesn't actually, that's not how I wanted that to be phrased. Smuggler's Copter will always find the best home possible, whereas a card that has a color identity will only find the best deck possible that's in those colors. Yeah. And, and that's why huge problems come out of cards like Smuggler's Copter or you know, affinity stuff way back in the day, or even, uh, you know, Aetherworks Marvel, is you'll just find a home for these artifacts. And that's why, like, when, when this format came out, I was pretty shocked that 
like I just assumed Smuggler's Copter or Harder Karen was going to be the heart of the format, like the best thing to be doing. But Smuggler's Copter is just a better card than Heart of Karen because it takes way less to get going. Well, Heart yeah. of Karen wasn't really the heart of the format. It was the heart of Chandra's dead father. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> who? who uh, how? How did he? How did he die? Uh, I believe it was at the hands of the consulate. Consulate, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I do believe that as well. Yeah. More episode. Did, did... Oh yeah. <laughs> Switching gears. All right. So then, Chandra's mother, uh, Pia Nalor. Um... Is that actually Chandra's mother? It is. Yes. Yeah. Chandra Nalar, Pia Nalar. That makes sense. Have you ever seen the the art for Cathartic Reunion? Uh, I'm sure. Okay. Well, it's those two, like, hugging, because that's when she came. All right, this is a lore episode. When she came back to uh, Ixalan <laughs> to, to see her mother. You mean Kaladesh. Or Kaladesh. Had she gone back <laughs> to Ixalan, she would have gotten locked on the plane because <laughs> of the immortal sun locking planeswalkers from escaping. Yeah, we learned that. Jace did that. All right, I let, let, let's let's uh, yeah, yeah, let's get back to it. So, yeah. Phil the Dead is one of the. I think it's worthy of a ban, but I also think that those decks are like the coolest. I understand that it's really hard to interact with, and it <laughs> can be slotted into a very powerful deck that that doesn't even make it part of its like plan A. You can just build a deck that has different plan A's, and Phil the Dead is your plan B. Yeah, um, and it just helps you beat different strategies while you focus all your attention on the ones that are like difficult to beat. And you know, these, these Golgari, I thought plan B was something really cool. else entirely, but okay. never mind. That's sorry. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, I think field of the dead was the worst one. I think that was the one that had to go the most out of these cards. It just shuts down, you know, any mid range or any control archetype. And there's a lot of people that, you know, really just want to play with their, uh, you know, their soul tie mid range deck that plays, you know, Assassin's Trophies and Abrupt Decays and Fatal Pushes and stuff like that. And that deck is just impossible to play when you have Field of the Dead running around. You just can never beat that card. Well, I, I don't agree with something you just said. Yeah. There's a lot of people that want to play these decks. The problem with Pioneer is that these decks are just not going to be good in this format until they ban a million cards and, and should they. Midrange and Control are just not that good. Yeah. And and combo and aggro or combo control or or linear aggressive strategies always perform better. Like yeah, mi- I agree, mid-range, but... mid mid-range is effectively like a good standard deck, but when you get to formats that are 5 or 6 7 like um years or longer, mid-range are are just not good. So so like your assassin's trophies, your abrupt decays, your thought seizes, they're not going to be good. And and you you should just like when when somebody tells me these are the three cards banned, that's when I'm gonna start looking at Elder Deep Fiend, or I'm gonna be looking back at Dredge decks, or I'm gonna be looking at other combo decks, because five or six years of sets are going to allow me to find different proactive elements that kind of make it difficult to kill crap. And when when you have to try to interact with a bunch of different linear strategies, like it's gonna be hard. So like, I understand that every time they ban these cards, it's one step closer to, like, you know, Obsidot and the rest of the Ghost Council of mid-range and control players being excited to play their cards. But, like, the reality is that there's just going to be another boogeyman right around the corner until they ban so many things that the only thing in the format is mid-range decks. And that's the po- part where people are going to get real bored real fast. Yeah, I think we're, like, 100 bans away from Obsidot being the best thing that he could do in the format. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say that... Um... 
I, I don't think it's just necessarily that there's seven sets as to why mid-range sucks. Um, I just I, I think it's just the the way that they print magic cards these days. Because sometimes mid-range has been really good in Legacy. In fact, often mid-range has been really good in Legacy. Uh, because it, Legacy is just a format where answers are are just, just kind of outstrip threats in a lot of ways, like Force of Will and stuff like that. Uh, those cards are just incredible in Legacy, and, and none of these other formats have access to cards like that. So I do think that... Um, you know, for mid-range and control to be good, answers have to outstrip threats, and we just haven't seen that in uh, in forever. And even generally in the legacy-type formats, the, the best mid-range decks are the ones that play proactive threats paired with the good answers, so... Yeah. And and this format does not have good proactive threats. <clears throat> no. Like, standalone threats, it, they just don't exist. Yeah, they really, they really don't, yeah. Yeah, like scavengers and tireless tracker are, are like the only ones I can really think of. But they're not like even that Gideon? good in this format. No, like Gideon, I know they're I not guess, good. Yeah, there's not like this. The format doesn't have fetch lands, and like tireless tracker is a, is a kind of card that excels when things are really uh, inexpensive and people's resources deplete really quickly. Because like you want to have time to cast the cards that you draw off the clues. You want people's resources to to deplete quickly so that they can't kill your tracker. You want like um uh like people to um uh, and I lost my train of thought, but at, at any rate, this format has like shock being one of the better <laughs> removal spells. So like <laughs> I don't know, game games drag on longer and um you know, people play a lot of removal spells, tracker's good when people don't have removal for it, etc. So also the mana is very good in this format. And good mana usually lends itself to non mid range and control decks. Yeah, and there, I mean, there is a new combo deck popping up. Have you guys seen that yet? No, what is it? It's a Lotus Field Tinker deck that uh, you know combo kills on like turn three with uh, you know getting omniscience into play. And then there's this really expensive blue card that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. can you explain? You just like said words. Like Lotus Field and Tinker, but so, Tinker's not in the format. So yeah, what are oh, the cards? So Lotus Field is the land that uh, you know adds three mana. You have to sacrifice yep. two lands, and then you have uh, Tinker effects. I should say ways to untap that land. Twiddle. So add a bunch of mana, like That's Vizier Twiddle effects. Oh, Twiddle effects. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, like uh, Vizier of the Remedies. Like cycle that untap. It's um, it's a, it's 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 not Vizier of Remedies. It's the it's the Vizier of Tumbling Sands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and then there's a blue, blue untap up to two hidden strings. Uh, yeah. Hidden strings. You do that to two Lotus fields. And then eventually you play this giant blue card that draws your deck. And then you play a Jay's tick up and win on turn three. Enter the infinite, uh, is, is the blue card that draws your entire deck. No. God, we'd be lost without you. I think we found the reason why our special guest is here to translate for the best. And, and then it uses Fay of wishes to get Jace out of the sideboard. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty disgusting. It's kind of the new hotness that everyone thinks like, oh shit, this might we be. We could use our special guest for this, or you could have came prepared with this deck list, bro. Oh. I didn't even know oh. we were gonna talk about it. Oh. I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from the card master Brad Nelson, that uh that that hurts deep. It does. <laughs> Alright, so um again though, we don't really know where the format's gonna be going, but for like I'm not playing the format, but in in, in my, you know, professional expertise of just how magic works. This isn't the time to pick out your mid-range decks. This isn't the time to put four Liliana last hope in your deck and be like, I'm going to get them now. Yeah. Like 
these decks are still here. The Devotion decks lost a little bit more, but like Nissa is not going nowhere. That card's really good. Um, and yeah. and with with the Copter decks out of the format, you know, we might see an uptick of like green beatdown decks that want to go back to Heart of Cure and Oko. Yeah, know, that kind of stuff. Like these decks uh, are are still going to be around. So like maybe there's maybe once the format defines a mid-range deck could pop up but the format is just shaking up again and when it's all like this you're just going to want to find something linear that has a really good practice plan so your cards just like like magic magic is all about card advantage and interaction and right now we don't know what interaction is best so you might as well be a little bit more linear and find your value there yeah and i just want to uh, like point out like brad said like yeah this isn't the time to play four lilianas like and i i just completely agree like you don't want to flood on the three. effect. Yeah, yeah three is the right three. number. You don't want to flood on <laughs> But how many obs of that? You can flood on that effect, right? Uh, I no. like three. I like three obs of that. Yeah, you got you got to get them into play, right? <laughs> it's either two, two or three is the correct number, unless you're playing a specific graveyard-related obs strategy, in which case four. Man, BBD, you would have loved the world. I mean, there was a time when I played four Ghost Council in... What what was that deck, Brad? It was like black, white, you sack... hand. Handed hand. Oh my god, that that would have been just your heaven. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. I started playing Magic actually like slightly after the. Pre- I I pl- started playing <laughs> Magic after Kamigawa rotated out. Okay, I don't but even I, remember when that was, but, but I did play a lot of the OG Ghost Council. I played it with yeah. Sacred Mesa. That was my thing. Oh, we yeah. played it with Promise of Boon Ray. That was that was our thing. That was that was sweet. Yeah. All right, so we're going to be moving on from Pioneer because, uh, I mean, I'm going to be starting to take a look at Pioneer after next week because I can start looking into other things. I've been stuck in the Standard Abyss for two months now. Yeah, and it's our next but, Pro Tour, boys. But I'm free. I'm free after this weekend. Excuse me? I don't. It's our next Mythic Championship after this, boys. Well, th- no, nope. that's. Excuse it's... me. That's r- Corrections Corner again. Players Tour. Oh, our next son of a bitch. Players Tour. Corey, what are you? Are you a pro or a player? I'm definitely a player. You're yeah. a player. You're definitely yeah. a player. And Hate the player, not the game, boys. And you're going to go to a tour, so it is a player's tour. Oh, yeah, player's tour. I'm a player. I'm going to a tour. Okay, yeah, I always mix that up. I'm not a pro. I'm not going to a pro tour. I'm going to the player's tour. Got it. Yes. My bad. My bad. But it's our next player's tour, y'all. I, I just got two words. Kethis combo. And that's all I got to say about... Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! That that yeah. is going to be one of the big uh, hurdles here soon. Yeah, that's for sure. That's going to be one of the hurdles of the format. Um, but let's move on. So this weekend, uh, like I said, this episode is being recorded on Tuesday, a day before Brian and I fly out to Mythic Championship Seven, which is kind of cool because it's in the same location as Five. So we have the same flights, and you know, it's kind of an easy peasy two and a half hour. F- flight from seattle so that's pretty nice um wow the last time i flowed to california i had to take two connects i had to red eye it took me forever you know I, have you ever tried living in roanoke you guys it's pretty wild yeah Flights no i, over I there haven't but but maybe i should try it sometime yeah I, move back sometime i tried it once <laughs> did inhale yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so so moving on though we're going to talk about standard now Woo. um this is probably going to be the last big... St- oh, it's not. This is the the first big standard tournament since the recent bans of Oko and Once Upon a Time in Veil vale of Summer. 
Mm -hmm. uh, in standard. And then next weekend is the Players' Championship, so I'm going to be excited to watch that. Well, that's Um, not standard, Brad. It's it's standards one of the three formats. The Players' Championship? Yes. No, it's just uh, Pioneer and Modern. Are you 100% on this? On the, the SCG players champ is just Pioneer and Modern, 100%. 100%. 100%. I was talking to a competitor today who was asking me advice on Standard because the format is Legacy, Modern, and Standard. Legacy, Modern, and Standard for the Players Championship. Yes. For the SCG. Yes, not the Invitational that we already played, the Players Championship. Um, okay. I guess I could be wrong, but I thought standard was not uh, involved, but yeah, I've been, I've been wrong one other time before we corrected it here. Uh, I I, I mean, I'm not going to think that you're wrong, bro, but I think I'm going to go with the actual competitors in the event. Yeah. It's probably a good call. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) So, but for, for this tournament, um, you know, going back last, not this week, but the week before, Monday was the banning, and then Twitch Rivals started on Tuesday. And then, or was that two weeks ago now? I don't even remember. It was, I think. Yeah. Two weeks ago now. And then um, that tournament came out, and there was a lot of Just Guy Fires. V Mouse Switch actually had a really cool version of the deck uh, that played for uh, Sphinx of Foresight. And then there was some Golgar Adventure, some food. Uh, but even though, you know, the tournament was won by Mike Sigrist on Golgar Adventures, the format kind of settled that uh, food variants and Jeskai Fires were the two top dogs. And that's at least from our internal testing of all the matchups. And also we were seeing people streaming and and what we saw on the ladder. Um, Jeskai Fires dipped down for a little bit of that time where there's a lot more food. But in the last few days before deck registration last Wednesday, we saw Jeskai Fires kind of have a tick up. And now we can go through like all of that stuff. but. Um, is there anything you want to add before we really get into anything else, Brian, so far? No, not, 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 nothing of particular importance. All right. Stop me when you want me to. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I just want you to know our, like our process, bro. And I'll just go long winded about, about standard and just, uh, dump a bunch of info. Yeah. And, uh, one little prefix here is I was so, uh, uninvolved with standard here because, you know, I was not qualified. The team kind of split ways and stuff so this is the first time i'm seeing your guys's decks and I, wow wow is all i gotta say <laughs> like wow they're oh. bad or uh, no comment let's just continue brad ouch <laughs> all right so so early on in testing we were just playing a lot of the stock decks trying to find the best versions of food and just got fires uh no one was really that high on gogari adventures even though i did think with the banning of veil summer that cards like lucky clover would get better because one of the biggest beatings for that card is when you get Veil Summer because then, like, if you go Swift End and they hit it with the Lucky Clover trigger on the stack, you just have to kill one of your own permanents. And, you know, that's terrible. And you and lose it, the body. And it counters the original Murderous Rider <laughs> so that it goes into your graveyard so you can't even later cast as a creature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a beating. Yeah. And they and draw so, a card, so, you know. <laughs> and they draw a card, yeah. And they did it all with one mana. Yeah. One mana, counter your opponent's spell, they destroy a creature, lose two life. Draw a card. <laughs> um, but so, even though I was, like, excited about that, I played a little bit with it, wasn't that thrilled with it. I got really hooked onto Just Guy Fire. Seemed really good, really powerful. Uh, we were all high on it. Now, our testing team was Brian and I, along with Seth Manfield and Javier Dominguez. The way that that team got built and started was... Wait, how uh, no Mangucci? 
Mengucci was streaming and wanted to test with some other people. Javier wanted to take this a little more stream. Like, effectively what happened is the people that are lifer streamers kind of, mm -hmm. uh, kind of did their own things. And the people that aren't streaming a bunch and just wanted to do a lot of internal targeting, dedicated testing that had a little bit more free time kind of merged as a team within our groups. Okay. I was just curious. I was like, they, those two are homies. I figured they would want to stay together and test. Oh, for sure. But, um, but the four of us tested, we did targeting testing and, uh, we split up from our other team with the alt, uh, ultimate guard guys because like the team was just too big Yeah, and, and they didn't like us. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Sometimes people say things are too big to fail, but this was too big to succeed. So yes, <laughs> um, but so so we started testing these decks, and I really like Just Guy Fires at the beginning. But um, Seth kind of built a weird deck, and um, he kind of just took Simic Ramp, and well, we got the idea from Christian Calcana, who top thirty two the Mythic Championship. With a Simic Flash deck that no, also had Nissa in it? That's not true. So, did I say Twitch Rivals? Calcano top aided Twitch Rivals with a Simic Flash deck that had Nissa in it. A deck list that he got from the previous Mythic Championship from a player who was playing it there. Who's unfortunately I do not remember that player's name right now. So apologies uh, to who to who you are. But um, yeah, Calcano got got that idea from somebody from Mythic Wasn't Championship. Was it Kavartic? No. No, Mythic oh. Championship 6. Mythic, oh. Yeah, Mythic Championship 6, the, the paper one. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, he got the idea from there, and then he top 32 Twitch rivals with it, which then led to this. To, so. Yeah, so so Seth kind of was playing around with that idea because Nissa's a really powerful card, and actually, you would think Nissa would get worse because of the bannings, uh, because, you know, like the, the defensive shell that, you know, Simic food decks had previously is gone. Also, you can't protect your Nissa's with Veil, but because there's less Nissan in the format, there's way less Noxious Grasps. There's also, um, yeah, there's also, people aren't playing, like, before people had to tailor their decks to be able to compete with Oko and Nissa, which both made 3-3s, three and so you weren't running into people who were, like, Nissa's 3-3s three were just completely dominating the game, because those decks just couldn't exist in that format. Now they mm -hmm. can exist again. Yeah, and, and, uh, and so Seth was, like, working on Simic Flash, but he... He, I don't know how he got to this point, but he just rolled up with a Simic Flash deck that all that had none of the two 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 mana Flash creatures and just had Paradise Druids and some Krasis. Yeah, I was gonna say this deck looks like you just combine blue green ramp and Simic Flash together and just you know said go to town. It also looks like the numbers were just dice rolls. It's like, all right, well, we got to get down to 60 cards. When we combine these two decks together, it's 83 cards. So let's cut <laughs> two Brazen Borrowers, one Paradise Druid, two Mystical Disputes, a Sabotage, a yeah. Quench, three Look, Negates. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that was the case. But I'm not going to say it wasn't. But I'm not going to say it wasn't. All right, and, Rebel, why don't you walk us through like what this deck actually looks like for our viewers at home? All right, so if you all would go to... Why would MTG, he need to walk... Hold on. Why would he need to walk them through if they can just look at the deck list if they're viewing the podcast? Yes, I was, yes, I was, I was trying to throw in another viewing call. I thought I was going to get under the rug of you guys, but you know what? You two are good. You'll never get under my rug because it's underneath my teamer now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They've changed the names. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. So so um if you if you saw the 68 deck lists uh maybe that we have a link of it somewhere but um you could look at it at home but effectively this is just uh, a flash deck with growth spiral 
um, Paradise Druid, and Nyssa, and two Krasis, but the rest of the deck is based around, like, the Flash stuff. Counterspells, um, Night Pack, Ambusher, and, like, some Brazen Bar or some Aether Gust. And Frilled Mystics the, and stuff, too, yep. Yeah, Frilled Mystic. And effectively, it's just a deck that's trying to put Night Pack, Ambusher into play faster. Also, like, so it Flash has interaction that can make the... Uh, I don't even remember. What's the two one's name? The Cutthroat? Brian Borden. Brian Borden Cutthroat. Uh, uh, BBC instead yeah. of BBD. Yeah. Uh, Brian Borden Cutthroat. I was Brian Bourne on <laughs> June 12th, 1986. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian Bourne. I was Brian Bourne on... All right, continue your story. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, Brad, please make your point already. Um... <laughs> but like, is it decks with the, with those cards uh, have a little interaction to get them through, whereas a Simic deck won't? So like, um, you know, these cards are just not going to be good against the Death Touchers from, say, an Adventure deck. Yeah, it seems like Innkeeper in general, blue green flash decks seem to struggle a hell of a lot more than the blue red flash deck. But it seems like overall, blue green has a better chance against the rest of the metagame, except Innkeeper. Yeah, Innkeeper's really bad for this deck. But, oh, yeah. But what we found out is those cards just weren't that good, but also just getting out a Nightpack Ambusher a little faster. Like, being able to threaten it for turn three was was awesome. And the first time I played against Seth, I was playing Golgari Food or Jun Food, one of them. I play, We ended up playing everything against the deck. Yeah. But I was like, this deck looks stupid, and I want to beat Seth. I want to get... Pretty much whenever Seth has a brew, I'm like, I want to beat it out, out of his hands. You know, I want to get him yeah. to stop playing it so he tests something else. Yeah, and I just couldn't. I w- I couldn't get like I was like I think in our first session we went four three in matches, um in his favor, and that was with like the first version of our deck untuned, and um I was really impressed. I was like that was actually just really cool. Like like you 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 threatened to play night pack ambusher on turn three. Like I have to reevaluate how like I I like I could ju- yeah. you just die to it. One thing I really love about your deck choice, Brad, is the fact that Jund Sacrifice had to have been, you know, either the first or second um, deck on your radar, I'm guessing, right? Food, food and Fires were, like, the, the most two, right? that I play-tested, yes. And if, uh, if Jund Sacrifice is going to be very high up on that spectrum, Mayhem Devil is so good against Innkeeper that it seems like it would suppress that deck a bit. And then that would make these Simic flash decks so much better. So that that's that's one piece of metagaming that I absolutely love out of this that, deck. That, that is actually something that I thought. I thought that the food decks, um, so, or sorry, so for adventure, in my opinion, for adventures to compete in the format, knowing that adventures will be the worst matchup, like one of the worst matchups for this deck, mm-hmm. um, for it to compete though, it would have to tailor make itself to be able to like defeat food decks on the on the card advantage access or even which, Jeskai deafening clarion against that deck is still a beating you know yeah so i i predicted that one of my big metagame predictions for this tournament is that it's every go every overgrown tomb deck is in an arms race they're all trying to casualties of war each other and while casualties of war can be very good at times against the simic deck you know we have a lot of counter spells yeah and you know sometimes if i just you know you play a nissa and you animate a land and then they kill like a land, the animated land and the Nissa, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, um, but I mean, if they see three quench in the deck, they're like, oh, 
hell no, I'm not leaving in this six-drop sorcery. Well, I can't really argue to what they're going to do with their strategy when they play against us. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is that um, a streamlined Golgari Adventure deck not having to win an arms race against other food decks um, is going to be way harder to beat. Um, but that's, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of casualties of war in this tournament. And I think that was a really good risk to take. Just hoping that, you know, Golgari Adventures were not going to try to just stay true to the deck they were. Because Golgari Adventures, I mean, me and you, Brad, both tried to play it a lot. And just realizing in the new Mayhem Devil world, in the new Deafening Clarion Fires of Invention world, it just wasn't good enough. So, I mean, we haven't seen the metagame breakdown by this point. You, the listeners, will. Uh, by the time this comes out, and maybe we're wrong, but I don't expect Golgari Adventures to be that big of the metagame. Yeah, the biggest the biggest question in my mind, and what we're hoping for the most, is that Jeskai Fires is the most played deck. I think that Jeskai Fires has an advantage against any overgrown tomb strategy, mm-hmm. um, but it might not be the most played deck because it's also one of those strategies that like is very mopey when you lose, and also can like ramping into a casualty to war can be very devastating. Um, and, and blue red flash was popping up a lot uh you know i mean this is all coming from i wasn't targeted testing or anything, but i was just playing streaming whatever and i was loving blue red flash and the flash decks just annihilate fires so maybe some fires players would be scared into playing that but who yeah knows? and that and that's just it but i still i'm still hoping that just guy fires is the most played deck um but I think it and food might be very close to each other in, in percentage. Like, for, for a few days, I was thinking Jeskai Fires would be roughly 30% of the field. Yeah, and I think that's a little be, high. Food would be 20, but now I'm starting to think that they're both going to be roughly around 20%. Yeah. If and I had to guess, I'd guess 22% for Jeskai Fires and you, 19 oh, guess, for John Sacrifice. Okay, I don't know why I'm getting those numbers, but... Yeah, I'm just... Hey, I was right the last time, and you guys thought I was crazy. I don't remember what I was arguing again but i remember i was right and you guys both thought i was insane oh did you want me to follow up that humble brag i was hoping i was hoping you would say yeah Corey is the first time you were ever right i don't know some kind of dagger with a compliment was what i, I was am hoping very for, supportive but... in the very few times you do anything right <laughs> thank you that, <laughs> that was that what i was looking for you nailed it perfect dismount brad yeah <laughs> <laughs> But so, so I never really got attached to the food decks, actually. Um, I thought they were really difficult to build, difficult to play. The matches took forever. I was scared of the arms race. And now for anyone at home that wants to hear about what an arms race is that doesn't know, I've said it a few times. It's when, um, much like the term is used in real life, it's when two decks that are mid-range strategies play off against each other. The deck that's slightly slower and has bigger effects is going to be better. Mm-hmm. And so one deck will add a few more big effects for the matchup, and then the other deck will have to readjust and add a few more bigger cards to their matchup. And then all of a sudden, that's why we see these like variants. Like if you look at like Croaky's uh, version, I mean he he has Thrashing Brontodons, three of them, and four Casualties of War main deck. Yeah, and honestly, that's a that's... world I want to live in with my Nissa deck. No kidding. Yeah, I mean Fires of Invention doesn't necessarily want to see that, but. You don't give a crap. But I mean, honestly, those kind of arm races, exactly where the expression go big or go home comes in. That's why that expression was made. Oh, was it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It was a magic phrase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so that's one of the other reasons why I didn't want to get stuck in the food thing. But Brian did take that direction. So, Brian, can you uh, can you walk us through your um, 
your food deck and your experiences with the, these uh, these food strategies? Um, yeah, I mean, I just uh... or why you didn't play uh, the deck, the other three decks. I'm curious as well. I mean, I or think, why you didn't play the blue green deck? I mean, I think my deck is worse than all the cho- other choices that we had available to us. But okay, <laughs> um, I have low hopes for for myself. But no, I I actually just didn't really. I'm kind of just sick of playing these like stupid decks that everyone hates that uh that like we have had to play in every one of these tournaments and I just didn't want to do that again and like I just I don't I didn't like playing Just Guy Fires and I just didn't want to play it in the tournament. I didn't really like playing Simic Flash and I didn't want to play it in the tournament so I just didn't. Um okay. even even though I think that those decks are both probably better than the food deck. Um basically what happened is I got roped into being the enemy with food and I just I I was the guy who kept testing food against everyone's brews. Um and I just started I actually just enjoyed playing the deck and decided to just keep going with it and uh I got it to a point where I felt like I had a reasonable shot in all the matchups and I thought I was favored in a number of matchups too. Um I mean I could I'll, well, you know, we'll we'll let the tournament prove me wrong, but I think I was I think I'm favored against these Golgari decks with four casualties of war, and I think I'm favored against like all the innkeeper decks. Um, oh yeah, Mayhem Devil just shits on those decks. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, not sure how I match up against uh, the Flash decks. I didn't test that much against them. I think the matchup's pretty close. Like blue red Flash. Yeah. I I played a lot from the blue-red side, and, you know, I mean, the problem with the blue-red side is you're forced to bring in, you know, like, awkward cards like Spyglass to shut down Oven Cat. Oven Cat is still such a huge problem. I mean, you can Gadwick out and, you know, try to tap it down to get a huge Brian Broke Cutthroat through or whatever, but I was struggling with the food matchups. I wouldn't be surprised if you're, like, 55%. Well, that's why most of the blue-red flash decks start playing Embercleave. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, they're playing yeah, Embercleave. Uh, Spyglass is is actually incredibly good against against the deck as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it's like I think in the dark, Jund. I'm playing Jund food by the way, not Golgari. I think in the dark, Jund food is favored, but um, you know, like people aren't registering decks for the tournament, like forgetting that Jund food exists as a deck. You know, they're they're, yeah, they're, they're building sure. their deck to have a match a good matchup against it. So I'm not expecting um people to be unprepared you know i'm expecting them to have the ember cleaves the spy glasses and stuff that can that so, can win the matchup so i got a question for you and feel free you know i mean this comes out friday so if you want to conceal information if i'm stepping over my bounds feel free to not answer but i'm just curious about the four midnight reaper and the four epic downfall can you touch on those or do you want to not leave the that? four dragons you know, I mean, Dragon's a card that I've seen three or four of or whatever, but I haven't seen any epic downfalls, and Midnight Reaper has always been like a two of, and I feel like drawing two is at sometimes a liability. So I, I, I'm just generally curious how you got to those numbers, if you feel like talking about it. Yeah, sure, I don't, I don't mind. Um, I, I, I generally, the way I approach, so I worked on this deck pretty much by myself. Uh, sure. Like none of, none of the rest of the teammates were interested in it, and they didn't really play with it. Um, so I, I, I don't think I'm a very good deck builder. And so I'm sure that my deck has, has a lot of holes in it, but the way I just approach magic is I like to just play the maximum. I just like to play all the best cards. I don't like cute cards or, um, you know, random, like niche 
situational cards. I just like to play the big, like biggest bang for your buck cards and just play the best stuff. And I just felt like with uh, the fires deck that the most important thing was card advantage um, to get your, like the, you're an engine deck. You're trying to get your engines online of like the witches oven, cauldron, familiar trail of crumbs. Like once you get that stuff going, you just start pulling ahead by such a huge amount that your opponent can't catch up. Okay. And I just felt like the deck's flaw was that if your opponent blows up your trail of crumbs or if you don't draw one or whatever, you just do you just do irrelevant, mediocre stuff and lose a lot of the times. Uh so I wanted the maximum amount of things that provide card advantage, and I just have I have twelve ways to draw extra cards between Trail of Crumbs, Midnight Reaper, and Corvold. And um I so like I just think that that is like the way you want to build the, um, this deck or whatever is to just maximize on, on those effects so that you're always finding ways to, to generate card advantage and pull ahead. Whereas like and your the, deck's kind of doing the same thing every time. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's much more consistent too. And then like you're playing against a deck, like, like for example, the Golgari deck, they have four trail of crumbs as their only source of card advantage. And like, I guess a couple castle lock Thwains, maybe like one or two midnight reapers. They don't yeah. really have that same thing. They're they're so reliant on dra- drawing trail of crumbs to get going. Like their deck sometimes looks horrific if they don't draw trail of crumbs, and they're trying to make up for it by having like blowout cards, like like casualties of war. But honestly, I just didn't think casualties of war was that impressive in testing. Like I wasn't beating Jeskai Fires with casualties of war, so like why bother? You know, like if, if that's my like my payoff card, and I'm not even beating jeskai fires with it like i just i didn't understand why what what the value of of having it in the deck was and so i i felt like the best the, my best way of beating jeskai fires was casting cards like questing beast corvold that put immense pressure on them to answer them or die and then backing it up with just as many ways to kill their big creatures as i can which is where epic downfall comes in Mm, um okay i i did not think attacking the card fires of invention itself was a successful strategy so i, I just stopped I mean, it trying didn't to feel like it when we were playing yeah, honestly just, the only time that casualties of war seemed great is when you got to cast it on turn five on the play specifically before they hit their fifth land um to just go cavalier or cavalier or whatever but like they're not they're just not going to play into it in that board state you know like yeah like a, a savvy player is just going to cast their sphinx instead of instead of playing the fires and then you're you're like well do i just, what do i do now like i i don't want to just let the sphinx sit around and play gaining them advantage and killing me i kind of mm-hmm. still you still feel obligated sometimes mm-hmm. to then fire off your casualties and then the next turn they play their fires and then they play something else you know what i'm saying like yeah it just wasn't like you, i i don't think trying to grind out jeskai fires was a winning strategy so. does epic downfall exile or is it just destroy it exiles, yeah. Oh, okay. That's insane against Cavaliers. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's really good against specifically Blue Cavalier, which I think is the best Cavalier against food. So yeah. Okay. Well, Brad, I got one question for you as well. Well, I want to just make one note on Brian's deck real quick. Okay, sure, sure. Um, I played a little bit with him, but I also like thought about it and watched and 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 saw this play out. Um, e- even though Gogardex, when we we saw it play out with like four, three, four Thrashing Bontodons plus. Um, casualties, it's exactly what Brian was saying. You would put a board together that could get casualtied, but because you have so many sources of card advantage, um, you're like the Golgari decks in the mirrors, once the casualty came off, it was devastating for the other player, and it would take that player multiple turns to get back into the game. 
But with the way Brian's deck is built, it's Mayhem Devils are interacting with you. And and he just always had a, a hand of seven cards. So whenever that would happen, he would just spend all of his seven mana presenting another really difficult board to deal with. And, sure. and so while Casualties War is very good in the mirror at times, it's going to look better in those versions because they don't have as many sources of card advantage. Like playing against Brian was really annoying because like, whereas normal food matches when I saw it, the, the players would get roughly, you know, maybe a third of the way through their deck, maybe two, maybe a half of their deck if the game went longer. Um, Brian would just be churning through his deck super fast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm favored against the even the four casualties decks, which seems counterintuitive, but like like Brad was saying, like I'll play Corvold and I'll draw five cards the turn I play Corvold, and I'm not exaggerating about that. And then my opponent casualties my board, and I'm just like, okay, now I'm going to spend the next turn going setting up, yeah. Setting up again, like playing some Paradise Druids and like geese and whatever. And then the following turn, I'll play Corvold, like a second Corvold. I'll draw another five cards, and now they can casualties me again. And then and rinse and repeat. And then yeah. rinse and repeat. And then, like, the next turn, you know, like, I have won games where I've gotten casualties. I actually won a game where I got casualties four times, but that's kind of rare. But I, I honestly feel like it, it takes the third casualties to really start breaking my back. And um, honestly, like, one thing about the casualties list is it is still a six drop in their deck that isn't always the easiest to cast. Like, I mean, if it's I, just green, black, sure. But and I do, especially against Mayhem Devil, like, yeah. your Paradise Druids and Gilded Goose are, are sometimes Lotus Petals. <clears throat> also, yeah. against that deck, I know that they don't have, like, they don't have a card like Corvold or Liliana or Garrick or whatever in their deck. Like, honestly, Murderous Rider's best target is usually Gilded Goose. So I, I actually aggressively kill Gilded Geese with, with Murderous Riders, too. Not only does it yeah. hamper them on mana, but that is, like, their best creature, basically. So Yeah, makes sense to me. I love no duress in the sideboard, too. I think duress is just so bad right now. That, that's Same. the one thing. Uh, the other thing I said about Brian's list, he's like, you know, do you like it? Do you think of anything? I'm like, I don't know if you should change anything. But the thing I've always liked about this list that Brian submitted is... All he might have holes, but those holes can only be solved by situational or bad at rate effects. Whereas he decided to always have cards that are awesome at their rate. Mm -hmm. And so when he's tapping mana, it's like, you know, it's kind of like speaking with purpose. Like every time he taps mana, he is getting a good rate on whatever he's doing. So basically the opposite of what BBD does while he speaks. <laughs> Correct. Correct. But like, I hate Thrashing Brontodon. It is one of the lowest rated cards possible. It, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's always mediocre at best at what it's trying to accomplish. Hundred percent agree with you. It's not that good against fires. Like, you know, they no. usually get value off fires, and then you spend your whole turn to blow it up. They're like, okay, Cavalier, you know, get wrecked. Yeah, that's exactly. a lot of what I said in mm -hmm. uh, my article on the deck, which you can find at magic.tcgplayer.com. Whoa, got the shill in. Hell yeah. Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> Good for you. Thank well, you. Well, I will be having an article going up at 404.com. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My articles go to YouTube. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> no, what was your question though, bro? Oh yeah, Brad. Uh, so how exactly do you sideboard against every single one of the most popular decks in detail? Oh, fascinating. Would you also uh, 
I guess we could just do a text file for people to download and give to all of our opponents. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, maybe help them out a little bit. I think yeah. I think you I think you're gonna crush it here. So, well, I do no, like. Our I was deck totally a lot. kidding. Um, I was just gonna have a joke question. So, dude, it was it was <laughs> funny though. Um, so I actually thought we were gonna register fires, and I didn't like fires as much as the Simic deck, but it was mostly because I wasn't winning that much with fires and. Um, what's funny about that is Seth and Javier at many times during the testing process, we would internally test, but those two are just kind of workhorses. So they kept grinding matches and Seth and Javier were just number one and two on the ladder for a lot of our testing. And they were racing <laughs> to number one in their free time. And wow. whether it was with like, we did very minimal testing on the ladder with Simic because we did a lot of internal and we didn't want people to like, see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we we all freely played fires on the ladder and to get to yeah. get some so a feel for it and so the morning of deck registration you know the three of us are like well what deck should we play and i was the least happy with fires but i said you know what i think we should play just guy fires it looks like it's getting better um and we don't even so we a day or two before that we didn't know how many people would actually register it but getting closer to the event itself, it seemed like fires might be like getting better to choose because the more Golgari decks are caring about each other, the better your deck is going to be against them. And yep. and we thought that that was kind of what was happening. And so maybe fires is just going to be a good deck. And I also just think that fires is favored against all the overgrown tomb strategies. Um, but when I said that, Seth, that Seth in his mind was really hoping that I said Simic. He wanted to just play Simic, and so. We we made the literal least rational decision where Seth is like, you know what? I think I'm, I, you know, we have this rogue deck. I never go rogue. Like, I haven't went rogue in a long time. And I really, I really believe in the deck. I'm just going to play Simic. And, and I was just like, well, it's not like I'm going to play Fires if you're playing Simic. So I'll play that. And Javier is just kind of like, well, you know, shit the bed. Like, I guess I'm, I'm just <laughs> going to play it too if both of you are playing it. <laughs> and, and so we all just kind of snowballed just because Seth wanted to. All right. Seems uh, rational. And, so, and I think it's a good deck and we, we have good results with it. But, you know, when you internally test a lot, you get a lot of 50-50 comeback percentages. And the other problem is when you play on the ladder, you win every match. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it's hard to find good testing. We're just going to have to see how it plays out at the tournament itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish with you guys both the best of luck. I hope you guys crush it. Oh, I, I hope we do, too. I mean... Brian's fighting for worlds and I'm fighting for MPL. So you guys, it's big for both of us. It's pretty like, it's looking pretty good that you're both going to be in MPL. It's looking a little bad for you to get to worlds, Brad and BBD. It's looking like decent. Is that kind of how you guys are looking? I'm on the outside right now. Okay. He needs, he needs to finish strong. Okay. And then BBD, you've crushed every arena MC so far. So this should be easy, right? Yeah. I've won like, I've won two matches. So. All right. <laughs> I, I've won a match or two. So I know a thing or two. I mean, I mean, tw- right. it, can you get better than 20%? This is the hardest competition in the world. Oh yeah. You can get to like 30%, man. Come on. Yeah. Maybe 30. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be there, you know, tomorrow night and then we'll be doing media day on Thursday. And then we start competition on Friday. And that's when this podcast is going to come out. Um, and if I had to guess, yeah, we already talked about it, but, you know, I think that the the metagame, you know, I, I think Is It Flash might be more popular than we originally thought. Well, didn't the team play it? Like Shahar, Nassif? Them, well, right? so we, we do have some facts. Yeah. We have Nassif fact played it, and 
Huey was streaming it. So we think that Huey's playing it. And Shahar, I w- I, I'm pretty sure Shahar is playing it too. Okay, sure. So Shahar might be playing. Then I, I'm thinking the four of them are playing it and then Reed's doing Golgari because he was streaming Golgari Clover a lot and we saw him on the ladder playing it. Yeah, I played um, against Reed with like three hours left to submit decks and he was playing Clover and I was playing Jun Food. So, and then, and, you, and yeah. you crushed him, right? I did, yeah. Which probably means I'll get paired against him in the tournament and lose very badly. But yeah. And I mean, it, it's Reed Duke. Let's get real. He's playing Green Black. We knew that. We knew that months ago. Yeah, and 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 so like, there's a few people we already know confirmed that are Uncle Gar Adventure. A couple on Is It Flash. A couple on Nexus or not Nexus Reclamation. We know um, Piotr's on Jun Sacrifice. Yep. Uh, only one person we know is on Just Got Fire so far, but I, I'm assuming a decent amount are playing it. Like I would guess, like Paulo and Carlos and Marcio are all playing it. Um, yeah. they they were Kowalski, it. I bet. Yeah, like, the, like, so I, I'm guessing that Fires will make up enough of the format to justify the Nissa deck, but if no one plays Jeskai Fires, then we're going to have a hard tournament. Yeah. Um, so and, what do you guys... Oh, and, like, sorry. Team or Clover came out right at the end, but I don't think anyone registered it, but that deck is a nightmare matchup, too. Any deck with adventure cards and Clover is just bad. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, you know, those kind of decks really take advantage of any kind of flash deck that's trying to one-for-one one you, because if you ever go first and you play Clover, you know, you, you can counter one of those spells and make it not go on an adventure, but when you're soaking in value from each spell that you cast that's getting countered, like, you, you're not winning those oh, games. Oh, I agree, but those decks yeah. are... I, I believe those decks to be bad against Jeskai Fires. And the more popular that those decks were getting, that's why I think that Jeskai Fires, um, people might have, like, switched back over to it last minute. Yeah, it could be. Totally could be. And that yeah. Teamer Adventure deck is absolutely awesome, but damn, does it have some awkward draws. So I, I wouldn't expect that to be a uh, a Mythic Championship level deck. No, maybe one or two people just jumped on it last minute. I mean, it is cool. Yeah. I love the idea of just flinging plus expansioning a uh, a giant. That's oh, yeah. Take 20. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so if, if I had to guess, I, I think Jeskai Fires will be slightly ahead of food in the metagame breakdown, followed by is it and Golgari somewhere between that and then like a smattering of random decks. I don't think there's going to be many yeah. Embercleave decks. Yeah, I don't think Gruel. I mean, I, I, so, uh, Martin Juza streamed a Gruel Embercleave deck that I think he's probably playing. Um, and it, it looked really good. Nah, I, I think he's on is it flash? Like, the, yeah. the thing, like, I, I don't want to be too harsh here, but. The latter is just not a good representation for if something's good. And I know that that sucks. And I know that that's kind of like not great to hear, but it's just factual and should be known. Like, like I always said about magic league results as being, you can't tell if anything's good, but you definitely will find out if it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how I think the mythic ladder is. Yeah. Um, The best way to know if a deck is good or if it's good in a matchup is to just find a friend and test the matchup directly. And if you if you focus too much of your energy on your mythic ladder results, then you're going to it's just not going to be like correct testing. At least yeah. At least for the the level of competition that I have to play against. I just have and a I mean, hard time believing an Embercleave deck is going to be a good deck when the two most popular decks are a Teferi Deafening Clarion deck and a uh you know, Wicked Wolf Massacre Girl uh grind you out like oh for sure they with main both. deck brontodons you know <laughs> yeah main deck brontodons <laughs> i mean that's stuff like that was a benefit to playing civic too because like rakdos aggro is like an abysmal matchup 
I actually we actually found Rakdos Sacrifice to be a good matchup, which surprised us. But um, both of those decks I think are terrible. Um, but but the rack like the Rakdos Aggro deck is like by far our worst matchup. Yeah. No, I mean I I, I don't have a ton of experience with uh, Jun Sacrifice because Brad, I'm kind of the same as you. I just didn't enjoy playing it. There's so many things, so many triggers. It just took forever. You know, I, di- I didn't really enjoy it, but I, so that deck could be good. I'm not saying that that's bad, but I really like kind of the reasoning why you played this kind of deck. Um, focusing on what your bad matchups are, it makes sense that those decks are not going to be played a lot due to the high expectation that I think everyone's going to have as well as you guys with Jeskai and Jun slash Golgari food decks. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, and I, I think it's a really good choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to see how good it is. I mean, the, the best the best thing about the deck is even if we get a matchup wrong, or even if something's wrong, like, Nissa can still just win games. It's and Nissa. One, and one thing we didn't talk about, too, is, like, Teamer Reclamation's gonna be a deck, too, and holy shit, does this deck destroy that deck, I imagine. I don't know if that's true. I think it's a close matchup. Really? Yeah, because they have a lot of interaction and they they have just as much like, you know, they have chemistry's insight and stuff. I think it's a pretty close matchup. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know which way it goes. I mean, we've tested a decent amount, but. I just think counter spells and night pack ambusher is just a recipe to smash them. They but, also you know, have those cards. They don't have night pack ambusher. In their sideboards usually, yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought they all. I mean, I just played Nummy's list. I know Numat's playing Teamer Wreck. Does he not um, have Nightpack in the sideboard? No, he has four Shifting Ceratops, which right. I guess is pretty good against you, but... Nah, that card sucks. Yeah, yeah. Just trades with green creatures. <laughs> or colorless yeah. creatures. Yeah. Colorless creatures? Lands from Nissa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true that. <laughs> or you can Kenlir Transmation it. Transform oh, out. yeah. I'm not even going to ask about that card. Well, <laughs> I'm just that was, that was just like a poor one out for our Oka homie. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, to make sure you still bring your digital elk tokens. I love it, Brad. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. We got, we, got, we got to pour one out for Elko. Yeah. Yeah, your sideboard looks like a Fay of Wishes package sideboard a little bit. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> That's exactly what you want to hear when you're not playing Fay of Wishes. <laughs> yeah. It's like your deck, your sideboard looks like a bunch of really awful cards that you could want in extremely specific situations. Well, I hope welcome, you can play for to all a of them. Simic Cyborg, where all the cards suck. <laughs> where all the sideboard cards are wild and nothing matters because Nissa is so powerful. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is a this is a bad matchup until there's a turn for Nissa. But you know what yeah, Nissa does die to, though? Uh, to casualties Thanks. of war. Six sacrifices with a Mayhem Devil in play. <laughs> Oh <laughs> shit! I didn't think about that. You didn't plan oh, it through, shit. Brad. Is it too late to audible? Can you switch? They never plan it through. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are there are like late deck list entry. Um, you know, like if you enter your deck late, you get like so many like game losses or whatever. So maybe I could switch and get like six match losses. Hey, not bad. Yeah, I still get those two wins. Yeah, I, I bet. And I then bet, you'll get paired good. against me at 0 and 6, because I'll be <laughs> also 0 and 6. But I played <laughs> the entire tournament. <laughs> yeah. And you oh, won't no. have Nissas that for me to prey on with my with my mayhem devils. So Alright. Well, I think I think that's about it for, for standard. Um we'll come back and we'll next week we'll look through the results. And um 
And then we'll get, you know, a little bit hyped for the Invitational and next year. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting close to the end of the year. That's crazy. I know. We're going, when are you going back for Christmas, bro? I am going back the Monday before Christmas. I think it's the 23rd. Oh, shit. We should have planned this. I get back on the 18th and leave back home for, on the 26th. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going 23rd, staying for a week, leaving the right before New Year's. Yeah, we should have planned it better. Yeah, we'll get some holiday time in. It'll yeah, be we'll fun. get a little bit of time. Damn right. But, Brian, thank you so much for being on the podcast for whatever reasons you chose to be on it. You mean whatever reasons you chose? Well, we didn't choose any, but you can. We pick. couldn't think of any, so it was up to you. This It was dealer's choice. Yeah, I don't have one, so okay. I can't okay. think of any. All right, we'll leave that up to the viewers. Please please tweet <laughs> at Shaheen Sarani why BBD should be Of course, we do on. not need to correct this again. The listeners. Well, I did that one on accident, actually, this time. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Bachelors podcast. Again, we can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you like what we're doing, please head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and type up something nice for us. Those reviews help us in some way that we still don't understand why, but our editor-in-chief, Jonathan, and also legal counsel, um, <laughs> definitely does know the value of those five-star reviews. So please, Former. please, please. <laughs> former legal counsel former legal counsel yeah. please head over to iTunes and give us a five star review also every once in a while I like to go in there and read them and they're really nice yeah. uh, it makes we, me feel good if we accumulate enough five star iTunes reviews Jonathan gets his law degree back so let's please let's get this going <laughs> better call Saul style <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah pl- please help uh, him stop being uh, oh my god he does make commercials Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I think we uh, know John's side job. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, everyone. We'll be back next week to talk about the Mythic Championship 7 results to see if Brian made Worlds or if I stayed in the MPL. If uh, I didn't make the MPL, you might never hear from me again because I will go into a deep, dark depression. Wow. That's yeah, the spirit. It's, it's dark. If That's I, the spirit. Uh, well, just look at walls or something. If I don't make worlds, you might never hear from me again because that depends on whether or not I'll be invited back as a special guest on the Bash Rose podcast. Something I assume probably won't happen. Hey, well, I, if anything, I, I you like had a good run, BBD. If, if, I had to be, if I had to be straight with you, I like your chances of... Uh, Brad, 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 Brad. Don't, 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 don't get us hopes up too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. All right. Well, this is a long enough intro, so thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. It's an outro, but... <clears throat>